1: As we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Music. Music. Horror. Horror.
0: Horror. Subculture. Sub-culture. And, and overall, overall bad ass. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio with your host, your host Dave, Dave and Sean. And Sean.
1: <laughs>
2: kettle whistle radio and i am flying solo tonight what can i say captain sexy sean's been having a rough life and uh he does post the stuff on facebook on facebook i don't really have to reiterate but yeah he's having a rough time so he's not here tonight he'll be back and boy will he have stories for us and we got some great shows coming up i know we've been kind of slacking on the horror stuff but the musicians have been coming at us and we got nothing but that coming up Uh, starting tonight, man, uh, Sprockets, we got my boy, Brody Knight. He is amazing. This was a fun time, and we did this the day before his birthday, only a day or two ago. Uh, By the time you hear this, and we're celebrating the release of their new song, Destruction's Portrait, you'll hear later in the show, lots of stuff. This guy is a natural, what can I say, he's doing the right thing with his life. He's, He's living his best life by being in the band. Well, it's his band, co-founder uh, Sprockets, and uh, that will be coming up. But yes, we've been slacking in the horror. It's out there. There's lots of it. And you can always go to the Queens of NC-17. If you go to our, our this is our, you know, our, the, uh, what do you want to call it? The Mothership uh, Society13.com. It's society-13.com. We always screw that up, me and Martise. And Martise does the pop-off show, Pop culture. And she has some cool stuff and interviews, too. Uh, But yes, tonight here on Kettle Whistle Radio, you you will get Brody Knight of Sprockets fame. And there is a great history there and a great future ahead for these guys. And uh, so back to horror. I'm going to actually dig into this. Two things I mentioned, I think, on another show here. Uh, This uh, this came out uh, last year... Uh, Voyage to the Deep in graphic novel format, nice hardcover, celebrating Sam Glansman, his work, Voyage to the Deep, which was uh, published 61 to 64 or 62 to 63 in that range. Silver Age of Comics, you could hear Jet Marie in the background shaking one off. But yeah, Voyage to the Deep, four issues, kind of stellar for its time, Silver Age of Comics, this graphic novel is brought to you by, <clears throat> well, Sam Glansman, of course, but no. Introduction by Stephen R. Bissett and an afterword by Rufus Dayglow. You should know the name Day-Glo. and You do. Uh, but here, Voice of the Deep. This is a good read, a good little graphic novel celebrating uh, nuclear submarines and their role, and of course the sea itself, in uh, ocean-going uh, adventures in comic books. Voyage to the Deep was behind a lot of this, and flipping these pages I got, to, of course, a lot of, a lot of this inspiration comes from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea way back when, but I love that uh, the show Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea is, makes, uh, they make mention of the, this in here with the Sea View uh, ran for five seasons on, on network television, and I'm dropping a book on my foot, kind of hurt a little bit it's my bad foot uh, Seaview, yeah, Voice of the Bottom of the Sea If any of you remember Erwin Allen We're celebrating him in this this graphic novel as well And uh, Erwin yeah, Allen uh, Lost in Space to name one uh, Voice of the Bottom of the Sea uh, He did lots of stuff with Giant Monsters and TV And I dug Erwin Allen But they celebrate him uh, But this is mostly all about Sam Glansman um, Wonderful man Wonderful artist and writer And Yeah Check this out if you're into your, your I don't know, Voyage Under the Sea type uh, adventures and comic books in the Silver Age. Uh, but this was behind it all. Loaded with monsters, of course. Then not so loaded with monsters, but uh, I have this other one. Joe R. Lansdale and Sam Glansman once again got together and did Red Range, a wild western adventure. Highly recommend this. <clears throat> Interestingly enough... There's an afterword by Stephen R. Bissett, who was also on the Voyage to the Deep project. But Red Range, uh, Joe R. Lansdale, Sam Glansman, you can't go wrong. I, and classic artwork, man, this Glansman guy. I, I came in onto this late. I wasn't around for the Silver Age of comics. A lot of you probably weren't either. But anyway, that's comic books right now. Thoroughly enjoyed those, too. Uh, Dell Publishing, man, too. Yeah, this goes back a little bit now it looks like it's under the guise of it's alive publishing all right that's where you find those two now there's so much music and musicians coming up uh like tonight but i on the horror note i got a screener for uh, werewolves within it's a comedy horror watching it tonight i didn't watch that but i have a bone to pick with fury uh you know uh out takes with fury almost said outcast with fury because i have a bone to pick with him and we're going to do a show together not too long for now but uh he recommended this movie hatched um brand new dinosaur uh dinosaurs in your house movie Hmm. i don't know i'm gonna let him talk about it because uh i watched it all right so now there's this movie compulsion it's a spanish-made film Directed by Angelo, Angel, sorry, Gonzalez. Compulsion, uh, I think it's fairly new, but it's that uh, typical love triangle. Uh, Husband's cheating uh, with maybe possibly prostitutes. Uh, The wife is catching on to it, but then she makes the mistake of stumbling upon what he's really doing. It's in Spanish, it's worth it. Um, It's good, it's kind of suspenseful. Keep you uh, on the edge of your seat for most of the movie, really. Because you don't know what is actually going to happen, how it's going to end. Lots of little twists inside, of course. Literally inside certain people in the film. So yeah, Compulsion. Spanish made. You could watch subtitles, folks. It's pretty cool. Now, um, also watch the Wax Tracks documentary, Industrial Accident you, they, I'm halfway through it. There's a lot there. So much more I didn't even know. Uh, I didn't know such worlds collided in such ways in wax tracks. But hey, again, I got onto... I, I guess I found them a little bit later because I, I didn't realize all these bands were on wax tracks. But uh, early 90s, I found that, and I think that's when they were kicking it. Uh, the earliest earlier starts were in the 80s, you know, early ministry when they were synth pop band. you know. But yeah, it's a good documentary. I'm halfway through. Uncle Al shows up. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Wax Tracks. When I finish it, I'll give you more on that one. Uh, That's it for all you industrial freaks out there. We are, too. Sean and I both enjoy industrial music a lot. Uh, Check out the last show, the episode before this one, uh, with um, 16 Volt, Eric Powell. Always great. Oh, yeah, Redemption. Yeah, I, I have to redeem myself on that. Had a technical difficulty. We were supposed to play Machine Kit at the end of that episode with Eric Powell. But there was a technical difficulty. I, I, Not really my fault. Keystroke error, if you will. But no, it... Um, sorry about that. <laughs> we'll play Machine Kid in the coming episodes, I'm sure. But honestly, you got one of my favorites anyway. So, yeah. Check out Eric Powell episode uh The Last episode. I don't know what number it was. We're in the 240s at this point. Okay. Another film. Um... Let's see. Oh, okay. I got to say, first of all, before film, What Drives Us, the Dave Grohl docu-series where he interviews bands and such. Um, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I really, really, really enjoyed the Pharrell episode. That was that was great. And uh, then he did Imagine Dragons. So there's this movie on Shudder right now this i recommend i can't wait for the queens of nc17 to talk about this one too uh vicious fun okay vicious fun come on all right the title got my attention right there i'm thinking low budget whatever could be fun but it was more than fun directed by cody callahan with evan marsh playing the joel character and joel A caustic 1980s film critic for a national horror magazine finds himself unwittingly trapped in a self-help group for serial killers. Yes. Fantastic. And you hear Jet in the background. She's shaking it like crazy right now because she enjoyed that with me. Vicious fun was great. I had a lot of fun with it uh it's of course tongue-in-cheek you gotta it it is a comedic horror movie i get tired of those too but it really works in this one because freaking evan marsh is just he's amazing as the joel character i lived with a guy just like this once i yeah my roommate scott yeah you're out there you might listen to this you remind me of joel in this film (laughs) or he reminds me of you so yes Watch Vicious Fun and have a good time with that one. It's a good time. Definitely. You could probably watch that with uh, even your novice horror fans. And they won't ruin it for you by talking through it. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, that's all for uh, for now. Until <clears throat> we get back to you. Um, go to burningballpublishing.com. If you want to pick up uh, Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist Number 1. It's there. It helps the show roll. We're trying to get issue 2 is halfway done. But we want this series to roll out. So your help would be awesome. All right, and uh, let's see. Let's We're coming up here with uh, Brody Knight of Sprockets. Great interview. I hope you enjoy it. Let us know, and uh, what more can I say? We're going to start it off with uh, Matchbook Strike.
0: You have the syndrome, the syndrome but your umbrella's catching all the symptoms of a broken down system. So cool. Dreamer! This is Martin Atkins from Public Image Limited, Killing Joke, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Pigface and the Damage Manual and Murder, Inc. And Brian Brain. And you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio.
2: And folks, friends and fiends, thanks for coming to Kettle Whistle Radio once again and listening to us. We have a new fiend on the line today. And I just happened upon this band, Sprockets and i'm a big fan and we have brody knight on the line right now vocalist and guitarist and i don't know are you the leading man here are you behind all the scenes
3: yeah you know not you wouldn't know by how i'm dressed but yes i am the one that kind of runs the show a little bit um (laughs) i I come up with a lot of the songs and uh i'm like the bare bones to everything and the other guys are like the, the perfectionist you know they're like the the talent (laughs) <laughs> They're the guys that make it all all look nice and and sound good. Kind of bring everything to the table. Um, you know, I do all the filming and editing for the videos, and I do uh, the artwork for the merch and the covers, Right the songs. So, yeah, I'm I'm doing a little bit, and um, I I kind of it's kind of my my nature. Like I think I'm a little bit of a control freak. So.
2: That's a good thing though cuz the results are are there. I wanted to give them a little bit of a visual. You are wearing, I believe, it could be a Mrs. Santa Claus outfit. I'm not sure, but you're definitely it, I
3: I have green gloves, so I'm guessing I'm going to be the Grinch soon. All right. All right. And I don't <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I was just told I had to do it and I said I have I have a, a a radio interview and and they said, "Well, you're going to have an outfit then." And I, <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay." And literally two minutes ago, I put it on.
2: I knew you were kettle whistle so, material, my friend.
3: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but when I do, everyone else will as well. I'm sure.
2: Hey, what could I say? So, all right, Brody Knight of Sprockets, thanks for joining us uh, again. I, I would, I've I've read your band. They say pop punk party music. Um, would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I don't know what we are. Okay. um even better i i know that we get thrown into the pop punk thing and i think a lot of that is because of the bands that we played with and associated with in the mm-hmm. past and and i know that we have a we have a little bit of that sound i think um but we also have like a melodic sound indeed that's kind of um i would lean i, would, I guess it would lean more towards like uh like an alt rock or something
0: okay. i'm not really
3: sure so i don't know i think it's like it's really just like what song are you listening to for us true um it's like it's almost like i have like three different projects and i'm just like oh this song would be great for this one and this one would be great for this one but instead of having those three projects because i love the band and the people associated with sprockets we just put it all into one one thing you know so i don't know what we are
2: when you uh package.
3: wherever you want us to be i guess
2: and uh, i think i read from boise idaho to las vegas nevada now is that correct
3: yeah, um, me and Dave, the bassist, we met when we were in uh, junior high in Boise, Idaho, and we picked up guitar and bass together, and we taught ourselves, and we played in bands together before we were in Sprockets, and um, I was I was born in Vegas, he was born in Idaho, hmm. and so I'm, when we got a, a drummer uh, that was also born in, in Boise, he was willing to move to Vegas, we picked up and moved after uh, recording Medicaid Empty, which was our second album,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, made our way back to Vegas. And then, and now we've had two new members mm-hmm. added on to me and Dave, and, uh, and they're all from Vegas. So I think we're more Vegas now I would than say. we were Boise. Uh, we were only in Boise for a few years as Sprockets uh, compared to wh- how long we've been here.
2: Yeah, so reinventing yourself is always a good thing. Uh, I'd say, yeah. 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 So would you consider yourselves a residency there? Do you have regular clubs you're playing in or going to play in? Uh, well,
3: yes. Before COVID, we definitely mm-hmm. had our spots we'd always go to. Um, and, we, you know, we we try to do, like, a lot of, like, uh, West Coast shows. Mm-hmm. Northwest we do really well in. Um, Washington, Oregon. And then um, – Cali we do good in. So we, we kinda bounce around in those spots. Um but Vegas is kind of a, a weird spot Indeed. to play um as um you know, like a an opener or a local band or or however you want to categorize us because it's there's just so much competition, you know, like mm-hmm. uh there's residencies from all the biggest artists in the world. Right. You know, every other night and and then you got all the festivals that come in here. So you gotta kind of pick your your shows and and what you're gonna do and um and I, my favorite place in in Vegas is Evil Pie. It's like a little pizzeria place that the backyard has shows and and it holds like 50 people, but it's it has that like genuine like hmm. rock punk uh, vibe to it. You know you're you're six inches above people. Yeah, nice. Um, there's no separation. You, you're in the yard sweating with them that you can you usually get spit on (laughs) by them when they're screaming your songs and you spit on them when you're (laughs) singing and it just has that awesome uh you know just that that grungy real rock feel and um they get some great bands uh last time we played there was right before the pandemic uh started and it was with the ataris so nice it was like this really exclusive deal and um Ah, yeah I love that I love that place um it sounds like and, and, uh what it
2: should be very I call it intimate chaos
3: intimate chaos that's exactly what it is <laughs> that's perfect
2: indeed oh dude now I'm just so excited to have you on and uh you got, this is not your first rodeo obviously uh you you worked with uh, M- MxPX producer Mike Herrera? yeah and that yeah. was earlier was that on the Medicaid empty album or no
3: yeah that was Medicaid empty um he uh we were we we were touring before that we only had like we had this album that we don't even release now Hmm. like it was we love the music in that album but we had no idea what we were doing when it went into the studio okay and uh like the the engineer at that time was just telling us to record whatever there's no click tracks there's no like Hmm. organized it was no it wasn't organized like it was just chaos (laughs) and uh we were playing as fast we were on like energy drinks and we were nervous and just playing as fast as we could, as if it was like a show, and it just turned out horrible. No, and so I knew like the next step for us was to to learn how to be in a studio, and and I wanted to do that with someone that that obviously I, I respected, so I listened to because I have a hard time listening to anybody. Good, and so um, I we we just so happened to be in. Uh, I don't even know what part of Washington, but we were driving through the uh, the tri-state area, and we heard this show that we were gonna do like a a skate like it was like a skate park wanted us to play their competition, and it was their their final day, and they're like they heard that we were in the area, they wanted to come over, but we already had um, a show set up. I want to say it was in like Yakima or something, I don't know, and um, it was at like this drum institute thing Hmm. and and they promised us to do a live recording so our label was like we want that live recording we don't care if nobody's there and so I was like (laughs) well there's this great opportunity for us to go to the skate show and they forced us to do it and so we said no to the skate show and then we went to this uh and there was literally just the other bands that's all that was there and uh just so happened one of the other bands was really good friends with Mike Herrera And he was like, dude, I think he would love to record you guys. And at first, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, (laughs) that's awesome, man. Hey, you know, like throwing the name around, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people use Mike's name, especially when they're from Washington. So I didn't really take too much from it. And then, uh, like, two, three weeks later, he called me up, and I said yes. And I had no idea how I was going to pay for it or travel up to Washington or no idea what was going to happen i just said yes because i knew that that was where i needed to go to learn how to record and it wasn't just a a situation where i walk in and, and record it was like i we went there and we stayed at the studio it's like a studio house called monkey trench studios and you live there like you can stay there and so i lived there for like a pretty pretty like a long time i mean i feel like a long time not like months or anything but weeks a lot longer than any time i've ever been in the studio before and uh, so I learned so much there, and then it just kind of flourished from there. And then, you know, like all the, the connections that he's associated with started playing with us, and then, you know, our second album, or our third album was with Jesse Lawson from Sleeping with Sirens. He produced it, and, and now we're to the point where we're producing ourselves. And, well, we're not producing ourselves. We have a producer, but we're recording everything at my house. And, uh, you know, just that that moment with my Herrera changed everything for me. For us, you know, like our style of music changed, our writing style changed. Really? Uh, our show our show presence. We did some shows with MXPX, and he had another project called Tumble Down that just learned so much from like an acoustic level to a high energy level. Uh, he's like the best mentor in the world.
2: And it's exactly what you needed, because I guess it sounded like you. it was like harnessing kittens with you guys.
3: Yeah, it was <laughs> like... He, it's funny because he was—he would tell us in the, in like the studio, some songs he'd be like, "Wow, this is a really good song. Everyone's gonna love this song," and then the next one he'd be like, "This song is shit. Are you sure you want to <laughs> record it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I love this song." And he's like, "But it's shit. It's bad. It sucks. You know that? I mean, it's like it sucks. It's bad." How, how did and that was like, feel? No, no. it's good. It's good. Come on, man. And he's like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> And uh, me and Dave, the bassist in Sprockets, both agree that that song is the worst song in the album, and he was right. Wow. And we we should have we listened to him, and we would have had a close to perfect album for us. Anyways, on, on our capabilities and what we could have done if we'd have just taken that one out. So he, he knows it. He knows his stuff. I mean, he taught us a lot. How
2: did that feel to hear that though from him at first? Was did your stomach like just like sink?
3: He's like the nicest guy in the world, absolutely the nicest guy in the world. So I took it like, wow, it must be, it must be really bad, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that feeling too. Like in the in the, because I was singing it at that point. We already did the, the music to it, and I was doing the singing, and he was like, sucks, man. I don't know, and I was just like, oh. It must oh be really god. bad, but I I like it a lot, so we're gonna keep it.
2: Oh my god! No, I'm just I, I, I can't imagine. But then again, you you need that guidance too, I guess. When you don't want to listen, sometimes uh, I don't know five percent of you has to listen.
3: Yeah, I mean, think about you know, there's a lo- there's a lot of moments in music history that have that. You know, if they would have listened to the label, they wouldn't have created you know whatever like some of the greatest music in the world. And there's some of the biggest hits in the world that made a band successful and huge, and they didn't want to do it, but their label made them do it. So it's a really like, you really got to believe in what you do, and it's like, that's you know that's that's just with confidence and knowing your abilities and, and how you're gonna, you know what what you think. I mean, what you want to stand by, right? Like I mm-hmm. mean, as the lead singer, even if the the band sucks, like if they did a horrible job in a live performance or a show or whatever, I get the, I get usually the, the name calling and the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I get attacked. You kind of, so it's kind of like <laughs> you have to be able to, to stand for what you push it, put out there. So, um, in that sense, I should have listened to him because now I have to stand and say, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, but, still (laughs) here you are i mean and and if i would have listened to the label i would have played the skate the skate tour Mm -hmm. never met and then just that would have never happened who knows where i mean probably would have stopped playing music shortly after that i mean i don't i mean at least i wouldn't be in his band i would probably be doing something completely different
2: right well you're talking to the guy that's been fired more times than hired if you could even do that math um, it is about time that we pick a song to give them a taste for the folks that haven't heard you yet. Um, I'd like you to pick it. Uh, I have a few favorites, but why don't you pick our first, well, our second song of the night, we'll say.
3: Okay. Uh, let's go with um, let's go with Gallivanting.
2: Oh, cool. All right. Gallivanting it is. And that is off of the new one, correct? Ricochet yeah. Death? Yep. Hear comes that- out December you hear that kids ricochet death but you can hear the you can hear some of the songs now and you're gonna hear gallivanting right now and we're here with brody knight lead singer and vote well guitarist and vocalist and well co-creator of the band you're about to hear thanks for sticking with us we'll be right back with brody We're back with Brody Knights of Sprockets, and I hope you enjoyed gallivanting off of of Ricochet death. All right, and uh, what can I say? I'm glad to have this guy here. Uh, These guys are up and coming and kind of already been there and still doing it, if that makes any sense, too. Out of Las Vegas. They are a Las Vegas fan as of tonight, and we're going to wish Brody a happy birthday in advance right now. Thank you. Absolutely, man. All right, so Medicated Empty, Uh, you had a single... Uniform mascara I, I I'm getting this from your website um I normally don't do that type of thing but uh if it, it was featured on nbc's life uh season two yeah that must have been was that a surprise that hit you out or did you guys pitch it
3: um well again that label that we didn't trust and we always argued with uh was the one that um set that up and it was such a it was such a weird deal because what the the track that actually made it onto the Nbc cut
2: mm-hmm.
3: was our demo version that we recorded in some <laughs> dude's like like closet
2: <laughs> right.
3: you know like uh his name is Jonathan he, he's amazing it, for like this is how it all turned out and the the performance that he was able to get out of us was amazing but it was you know it was like it was like a little deal outside of his house type thing and um you know it it definitely wasn't as thick as the final recording um that was on medicaid empty
0: okay
3: and so i thought for sure when they told me uniform mascara was going to be on it i thought for sure it was going to be the one we just recorded with mike Herrera, and it was going to be the the good sounding one the one that's on the radio and it was the demo version and i've always thought like that's amazing to me that that was able to slip through there like that
0: <laughs> you
3: well, know so um it, it was kind of a it was kind of a trip for us because a lot of emotions it was like the first time we ever did anything like that and um mm-hmm. i don't know like our grandmas love that show hey, so it was, all
2: right <laughs> it's cool that's awesome man there's nothing more punk rock than that you got a demo, yeah, ver- it was demo and version it
3: was like the scene where like everyone dies <laughs> and it's it's like the entire song, too. So it was great. I mean, it was
2: fun. Does it get more punk rock than um, your grandma's favorite show? Grandma's watching. It's a demo version, and it's an NBC major broadcast. That's yeah. All. Somehow you yeah. slip that by the sensors. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you kind of answered this earlier, but um, when did you actually find your sound, or is it constantly evolving?
3: I would say it's, it's constantly evolving, but I, I do kind of stick to the... You, uh like the I guess the MXPX bouncing soul, mm. um blink I kind of I, I feel like those are my, like I can I can write as if I okay if we need a song that that I feel like is a good live show but it's singable and and catchy and, mm-hmm. um I kind of resort to that, sound I think cool. um, you know like Matchbook, uh it kind of has that feel that i'm kind of talking about and Mm -hmm. um self-made on the last album kind of has that same feel and graffiti and it's all kind of that that's probably why we get that pop punk because those are the songs that usually people are are singing along to and they they know more of course we play it live and then um as far as it goes to like melodic side i feel like those are those are just moments that i have that i i'm like oh wow that's pretty good and then i kind of like I, I very hesitantly bring it to the band, you know. I do like a demo version of something, or kind of I kind of fiddle with it, and then uh, I bring it to them. Kind of like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Are you guys gonna like this? And um, in Medicaid Empty, that album, the biggest songs on it were the the melodic st- songs, and I think that like like you know for Mascara and Safety Nets and, and Medicated Empty itself were song that really was like our own name, like it was like our own sound, okay. like it was like kind of a new sound. I I always said it was like um, thrice, Deftones, and Rise Against mixed together. Great mix. And I always thought, I always thought that was like a weird combination until like a few years ago when thrice, Deftones, and Rise Against were all touring together, and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, maybe I was onto something. <laughs> I think yeah, like, hundred <laughs> percent kind of go in and out of that and that's like a ever growing moment like um those songs are really genuine too like it's not like i sit down and i go oh, i'm going to write a song today and those songs come out it's usually kind of like those are like the deeper songs i feel like they always have a deeper meaning and uh it's more of um like a vulnerable spot for me
0: okay. and so
2: that's cool
3: i guess that's i guess that's the trick like if you hear the the melodic side of us that's the more vulnerable side <laughs> the, the the punk side is more like I'm just ranting, or you know, uh, I'm just trying to, to have some fun, or you know, what I mean that that kind of so it's depending on my mood. That like, makes uh, perfect make it sense. Or
2: something makes perfect perfect <laughs> sense. of it. Uh, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, uh, let's let's talk band members. What is the current lineup? You mentioned Dave. Dave Schwaller is on bass. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: he's my oldest friend. Uh, we grew up together. I. I I don't think I've, I've been in like side projects with other people. Um, so I've never been in a band. It's always been with him. So, um, uh, he's more than just the bass player. I mean, he's definitely a huge part of sprockets. Um, and then we have Matty DiCarlo, which is our drummer. Um, he is a metal drummer. Interesting. And that's interesting because he loves pop punk. Like he loves, you know, like, uh, Set goals and, and, or, you know, like those kind of bands, like um, the summer. And, like, he loves those pop punk bands, but he's a metal drummer. Like, he was in, uh, it's called Death by Design. And it was all double bass, mm-hmm. super quick, you know, screaming band. And then, um, Jesse Magani is our lead guitarist. And he is so good. We were always a three piece before we found Jesse. And Jesse is so amazing at guitar. He's so how he how he writes and adds to my music is insane like when i give him music <laughs> the things he does to it and the ideas he has and he doesn't have to sit on it long like he this is a natural he hears it once he goes this is where the song should go and then he kind of creates that moment or he adds what the song's missing he's so phenomenal Wait. um and so it i would have never been uh in a four piece i don't think if it wasn't for jesse Okay. And Jesse kind of changed everything and now we're a four piece and I feel like we we sound better live and are are we're more technically advanced and um he's uh all his other bands are like ska and like heavy um punk like screaming really fast heavy punk so it's weird like all of our the members are all kind of are leaning towards the really heavy metal side mm-hmm and we write this music instead, so I, it shows. I think it's an interesting combination.
2: It definitely shows, like, in romantic as hell that double bass. I mean, it makes per- perfect sense. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard it right
3: away. And it's funny about that song, romantic as hell. He, uh, Maddie, because we had that song before we had Jesse in the band, and so we used to play it. Um, you know, we used to play it in shows and whatever, uh, and we just did record it, and. Um, when we were writing that, I remember he said, "He's like, I don't want to do double bass in this song." And I said, dude, "It sounds so good. <laughs> like, you have to do it. It's just what the song needs." And he's like, "No, we're not. We're not a metal band. I don't want to do the double bass." <laughs> and we had to talk him into doing double bass. And I don't, I don't, I don't imagine that song without it at all. So I feel like it's a huge part of that song. Right. And now, like the new album even the slow parts of this album have double bass. Like he went double bass heavy on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's okay. We don't have to stick to a, a genre. Like we could do whatever we want. No one, no one cares until we show them. And if they don't like it, we just, whatever. There you go. Like we don't have any labels anymore. We're just us. And so, you know, it's, <laughs> it's whatever. And uh, the new album is so crazy because of that. Like there's, Double, pace, uh, double bass, double bass, and in slow parts, and just two guitar solos, and or there's a, a guitar and a bass solo, and, and gallivanting and. <laughs> Just really trying to do something different, you know.
2: Yes, that's why I immediately latched on to you guys um, with your videos. Of course, I saw them first. Uh, not a lot of airplay in the East Coast yet. I hope that you do get that soon. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll that'd be, be the great. maybe I'll be the first to get it out there. Um, who shoots your videos, and do you guys all have input on that?
3: The first one, um, the first one. I mean, I I come up with the concepts usually. Uh for the most part of the songs, and then, um for Thomas fiends
0: mm-hmm.
3: i and this is all the new stuff, the old stuff we always paid someone to do it, and um not always you know happy with everything that the video had to offer and um, when you're paying for something, I feel like you have a different perspective on the the work itself, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, this time we wanted to take control and just do it ourselves and if we failed, then we learned from it and and I felt like we I, I would put the most time and effort into it and um, if it didn't work, you know I'm obviously the person that would say that we can change it you know for the most part. I think that so I feel um, we're filming everything now we're editing every now and the first the first song of this series, was Timeless Fiends, which dropped on January 1st. And we had our our producer, Morgan Wright. He's like the secret member in our band. I mean, uh. he's in everything. He plays piano in songs, and he's our engineer. He's our producer. Um, and he was our director for that video. Cool. But then everything after that has just been um, us. Uh, my wife does all the costumes and
2: <laughs> like and what you're wearing a... right now <laughs> yes let me reiterate uh, yeah. folks he's he he feels she... very grinchy right now so he is kind of dressed like the Grinch
3: yeah yeah it's uh it's I think that's the I think that's what's gonna end up happening is uh, Grinch finished tonight um but <laughs> I uh she does she does all that so like I mean she picks up my clothes and everything and um a lot of the a lot of the time she's like the cinematography of it like she Cool. In um, the acoustic song we put out, the orbit of Leo Crustacean, she was on that filmed everything for that, and the shots were amazing. And um, and so we kind of just take turns with, um, you know how we're gonna do things and and coming up with ideas, and uh, it's been working out. I mean, you know, obviously since I'm the one that's like editing everything, and uh, I have all the content to go through i i do look back on them and i go i wish i would have done things different Hmm. but i'm pretty happy with how they're coming out you know i feel like they're a little bit more creative and different than if we would have paid someone because narcissistic lush just came out yeah and i had people that are in the industry that are like directors and, and, and whatnot that told me after seeing that video that i should not release it and it's it's gonna ruin everything I've been working for. It's horrible. It goes against everything that video is, and like, and then I had people like, you know, big celebrities, um, that are like, dude, this is one of the coolest videos of all time. <laughs> I
2: like it. And so
3: I feel like it's that if we'd have paid someone to do that video, it had never came out. It would never even happened. It would have been something completely different because it went against what you're supposed to do in videos, I guess. <laughs> but, um. So I'm, 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 we do it, and I'm happy with it because it's just a new – I feel like there's so much more, like, passion in it, you know?
2: Absolutely. I, I hearken back to, like, the Beastie Boys making their own videos back in the 80s and moving on to the Ramones later on. By the way, I did see all four Ramones while they were alive. I always brag about that. See, but, that's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty freaking amazing, but I am older. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great, though. It's great. But, yeah, Beasties used to, you know, if you ever watch the home video stuff they had, I mean, it's them. You got to know them. They sold themselves. And I think that's what yeah, you guys are doing big time.
3: The I, I went to New York when I was I don't know I was like nineteen or something, and yeah I was nineteen because I celebrated my birthday in New York that year. Um, and nice. I uh, I was doing uh, like I was doing some acting stuff, and so I was there for a month. I was there for quite a while, and I met a lot of people in that time frame, and um. Every single person, no matter what spectrum, what culture, where you lived, was obsessed with the Beastie Boys.
2: <laughs> I'm from Long like, Island, so yes, you do get that.
3: Yes. it's in, I was so blown away. Like, And then when I, I was talking to someone in a deli about it, I was like, wow, everyone loves the Beastie Boys. And they're like, yeah, you. You. it wouldn't be surprising if you walked into people's house and with their family photos, you'd see like a framed picture of the beastie boys like they are
2: love it's very true here. it's very true
3: um, and i was just like so blown away by that and actually it, it made me it turned me on to beastie boys a lot more than i was already because i just thought it, i thought that was fascinating that they were able to uh grab that many people's attention yeah and hearts
2: just being themselves
3: yeah, and I, so I really ended up loving the Beastie Boys after all that.
2: <laughs> it's always a great place to delve into. Uh, hey, man, do you write all the music and lyrics? Is that you, or do you share that duty with the I, guys? I
3: do write the music and lyrics. I mean, there's a couple songs that Dave takes full control of, and arguably, arguably, like, they're our best songs to a lot of people. A lot of people think that those are our best songs, and so um, I Won't Call You Sweetheart. Um, Dave wrote that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he has a new song coming out in August that he fully wrote. Um, and it's awesome. It's all about the uh, quarantine and the virus and the whole deal. And yeah, um, it's a ukulele song. So talk about like literally going all over the spectrum.
2: Awesome, but That is <laughs> awesome.
3: We're breaking into that now. We're breaking into ukulele stuff. I just bought um, my
2: niece, a 6-year-old niece, a ukulele. It was the best thing I ever did. <laughs>
3: Oh, dude, Dave got one, and he has not... He walks around his house, his wife is just always like, God, everywhere <laughs> we go, he has a ukulele in his hand just playing. <laughs> I love so it. So he, like, he has like five or six songs that uh, we've talked about releasing that are all ukulele songs. Oh, my God, So, that's great. you know, I, I don't know. It. But, yeah, he does, he does write sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone writes their own parts. You know, I... I very rarely ever say you have to play this for guitar and you have to play this for um you know bass or whatever i I usually just come up with the bones uh sometimes i come up with the the riffs like in um romantic as hell i came up with that guitar piece and Mm -hmm. we all thought that was good enough we didn't have to add anything to it and then sometimes he adds amazing pieces like in uh fluorescent fire he added that and that was never there it was always just the 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 rhythm guitar and oh. uh, okay. so I mean, everyone does their fair share of writing. You know, it's just the the usually the the main ideas come from me and then, um, the, like I said, they make it better. You know, like our Collective. demo versions are bones to what it is final product. It's a huge, different.
2: I like that. So you introduce it, and it just kind of filters down to the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, well, it's cool, man. Uh we're going to play romantic as hell if that's okay with you cuz yeah, that, that's a favorite. That we'll go into that next, but before we do that, one question here before we rip into a new song. If you were not making music, what maniacal path would you be following right now?
0: Oh,
3: dude. Um, you know, I honestly, I would probably be uh it's something in like marketing, advertising. I, I like the like the I have to be creative. Creative. Okay. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um I have to be creative. So it's just like the challenges of being creative is a huge deal for me. So being marketing, um, which I've done, you know, over the years, I've done marketing things for people or uh, merchandise for people. And I like to like experiment in that stuff. So um, that or, or writing really, really bad jingles, like ones that you hate but you'd sing along <laughs> to in like 10 seconds. I would, I would really dig doing that job, just jingles all day.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I could totally see that, and maybe that is a future for you later on. Who knows? Just the, you, a little side project. The jingle guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna get back with Brody Knight from Sprockets. I'm Dave. Uh, Yeah, no co host here tonight. That's a long story. There was some, uh, well, some fire situation. He put it on Facebook so I can talk about it. Uh, Fire erupted in his neighborhood and some of his neighbors lost their houses and uh, he had to be there to check on his. He's okay. Uh, Captain Sexy will be back again. There's always some drama, but he is okay. I got to let the folks know that. Uh, But let's get into some romantic as hell. And we'll come back with Brody Knight of Sprockets. And thanks again, sir, for being here. Yeah. And thanks thank for you. dressing like the Grinch. No joke. We got pink hair, too, green gloves, yeah. and he is definitely wearing a Santa Claus outfit. Yeah.
0: All right. green gloves.
2: Stick by us, folks. We are back, and we are romantic as hell. Hope you guys like that, and did you listen for the double bass? We were talking about it. I hope you paid attention, motherfuckers. All right, so here we are with Brody Knight, frontman of Sprockets, and I'm very proud to have him here. And uh, they have a release coming out, folks, very exciting, July 23rd, probably by the time you listen to this um, since we're recording on the weekend, and it is his birthday tomorrow. Uh, wish him a happy birthday. Belated, <laughs> after you, you listen to this, uh, but yeah, there's a new song coming out. Um, is that what's it? Destructive portrait.
3: Destructions portrait. Destructions portrait. Okay. And it's about the idea of um, being very close to a friend, and um, being scared to want more from that because hmm. you don't want to ruin it. Ooh. And so both are kind of just keeping to themselves with it. And there's always that one thing, like that fear is holding them back. And it's just like, uh, the song, the message, the overall message, is just, you know, fuck it, just do it.
2: Beautiful just idea. try,
3: be happy. Like you're supposed to be best friends with the person you're with, you know, like you're not supposed to just be attracted to them. Mm. You got to be close to them. And, uh, the, the best relationships start as friends. So yes, go for it.
2: Indeed, indeed you are correct. That is a beautiful idea. I, I love that somebody's finally not afraid to write a song about that. That's very important we've all been through it. And I married mine, yeah. so I, <laughs> What can you do? Totally. Uh do you consider you guys you, you, yourselves roadhounds? Do you tour constantly playing clubs? I mean before COVID, after COVID?
3: No, we don't we don't tour as nearly as much as we used to. Okay. Um I I really liked I like festivals. I like um, takeovers. Those are my favorite kind of shows. Um, I mean, if we get if we get offered a like a a, a good opening spot for a, a decent band, mm-hmm. then for sure I would take it. Or if you know we had something that was starting to light up and and you know we'd probably take take it to the road. But um, you know when we're just in, in the in the middle of we don't really know what's happening. We're releasing here and there and recording. Uh, we just kind of play festivals and stuff, and um, I mean, my whole thing is is focusing more on the on the on the music and the songs and mm-hmm. the the presentation of everything, and uh, that's focused now. So I don't know. Um, it's hard. To, it's hard to tour now. I think because it's like that's what the internet is. You know, like yeah, right. Five years ago, ten years ago, you toured because you couldn't get out to people. Mm-hmm and you wanted to, to expand, and now it's like you could do all that from your house and and control it so you're not, you know, you don't have to worry about sound guys being drunk and not doing a good job, or, <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, bands, messy people stealing your stuff, or, you know, whatever happens on the small, on the small scale of touring when mm-hmm. you don't barely have any money, or, you know, you have a very small budget, or you're driving all night to get to the next gig, mm-hmm. and then you're just like a zombie the next day, yeah. You don't have to do that as much anymore. I don't feel like and and I, I just I, like I said, I enjoy the creative process. So we do more of just uh, the this stuff, you know, like right. getting the getting the message out, uh, getting the music out, doing videos. Um, we weren't always heavy on videos. I don't know why. Uh, I think the last album could like romantic as hell. Could have used a video, mm. uh, self made, and and graffiti did get a video, but mm. it was kind of a different it was a weird situation um and so i we're starting to do that and we're going to see how that goes and obviously it's going uh good um because everything against us as far as quarantine and, and and pandemic and everything um and we're still kind of growing and flourishing
2: and we like to see that
3: so we're kind of sticking to that and, and uh, we'll see what happens i mean i know next year we're talking to uh, some people about festivals and stuff and you know, and when you play festivals, it's almost impossible not to get some more shows from it because you're just mixed with so many other bands. Yeah. And um, we haven't played any shows yet. So we haven't gotten situation where we're talking to other bands and doing whatever, and we haven't really been pursuing it. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I like what's happening right now. <laughs> I like being <laughs> around my kids all the time, you know, and, and home with the family, and um, wake up and do morning rites, and just trying to... Like, we already have, like, 15 songs for, uh, of demos the next album that Love we're it. probably going to start recording soon
2: so Love it. that's awesome um
3: you know just uh focusing on on being a better musician is the most important thing right now
2: that sounds not awesome. about great selling out
3: shows or or even selling the songs like we if you don't buy it you know whatever if you steal it or download it or whatever we don't care just it's about us being better musicians and growing from that and writing music that we're proud of you know like I think too many people are worried about what people think. Yeah, and we yeah. just don't care. We it's, like it. We like when you like it, and people like it. But we don't care if you don't like it. It's not gonna, not gonna break our hearts. You know, it's not for everyone.
2: Which actually, so, uh, you have a quote that I, I adore. I actually cracked up in front of my wife today saying it. We make music for people who like our music. <laughs> it's yeah, subtle and hilarious at the same time. Yeah,
3: no, it's a. Uh, it's someone said that he was like, well. <laughs> So if no one likes you, would you keep keep making music? And I'm like, yeah, you just wouldn't hear it. <laughs> you know, like that's okay. <laughs> I've went through years where people don't hear shit. You know, like, um, and it's so weird how just timing and luck play in this in this game. Yes, because I definitely think um, there was some some uh, pretty good bangers on Armageddon. Pigments, mm-hmm. which is our, our third album, and they never really got the attention until recently, like just out of nowhere. And it's because we've been doing these singles, right? And so people are starting to check out like our older stuff and everything. But we went through a moment where it was like, wow, really, no one's listening to us, and like we're not. And it was because we didn't, we weren't doing the right things marketing, right? Like we weren't, we weren't doing the right things as like um as, as thinking of it like a business, because I do think of it just like let's be better musicians, let's just write better music. And it's hard for me to kind of take it to that business level,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but we're trying to do it now, and and hopefully it works out, and and uh, hopefully we can continue to do it. I mean, I it everything's done in my house, so I'm gonna keep doing it regardless, even if the band was like old and and like we're like in crutches and wheelchairs, and <laughs> I wouldn't care. I would still be doing it. I'm gonna be like I, I like Johnny Cash is like that, you know, like his last show was like when he was like 80 something years old.
2: Yes, exactly. I'm
3: okay with that. Right? You know, like, be 80 years old playing music. I'm no shame in that like <laughs> Brody I'm, I'm telling you Brody, I think that's amazing
2: that Brody that's why I, I actually do this show mostly it was uh, 13 years ago is built on my hatred of terrestrial radio and uh it, it broadened from there to the fact that uh, just what you're saying uh, we have older bands on here and we have newer bands like yourselves and brand spanking new band the whole idea is we have anywhere from 20 year olds to 60 year olds listening that may have missed an album or two along the way from back in the 90s even you know and they're like rediscovering the older bands and right now yeah. the, you got older Older folks listening to you they're like wow this is like the punk rock i used to listen to you know like i grew up dead milkman and now i listen to electric six it's you know there's all kind. do you like electric six you know what i'm talking about
3: yeah i've heard about them
2: they're fun they're fun
3: uh, i heard i heard one of their songs and i forgot to check them out but i do i do want to check it yeah out. you do i did like
2: it i recommend uh friending dick valentine he'll get you out on the east coast he's he, he new york and ohio in between he, he yeah, i think we're going to see them next week but anyway, that being said, cool. uh, the reason you're, I think we're doing this for the same reason: You get the music out there. Whether people are like it or not, you're gonna expose them to something they didn't hear, and that's what I like doing. Um, I want to ask you this: any hellacious moments that have unfolded on stage? Do you have any amazing or hellacious stories on stage?
3: Um, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of just kind of weird mishaps. Yeah, like, um. I've definitely had like wardrobe or wardrobe uh, malfunctions where my pants fell off. There you go. <laughs> shit like that. Um, I mean, I remember one show a long time ago, we did this, um, we did this, uh, it was like a battle of the bands and we were pretty young. It was before we were ever, it was probably 2006, mm-hmm. 2007. Um, And uh, before we ever met like Mike or anything, played this battle of the bands and uh, the band that was before us, didn't like us and like they messed up all of our tuning.
2: Ooh.
3: What the hell? Did, um... You know, so like we were getting, we got on stage and everything was, you know, whatever you tune a little bit anyway. So it's not that big of a deal.
2: Right. But
3: then like he threw a, a stick and it caught, caught my eye. Oh crap. When I was singing. Oh man. And so blood was just going everywhere. And I didn't know that I was bleeding that bad. until I looked down and there's blood <laughs> all over my guitar. And we, we won the, we won the competition. Oh, well, there you go. But, but but uh, it was just like that moment of like i don't know what to do like my eye is bleeding i don't know if i have wood in it i don't i don't know what's happening Christ. but it was just like this like my eyes were like all bloodshot red and uh that was kind of one of those moments where i was just like dude i don't know if i want to do this forever oh my God. This, sucks. <laughs> this sucks oh dude that's um, that,
2: that's some hardcore stuff right there and you probably made yeah. a name for yourself there are people that will never forget that moment <laughs>
3: totally yeah uh and and i remember there was a moment where i was playing a really fast song i think it was moot 99 which if you ever heard our album sympathetic addictions it's definitely one of our better songs on there and um and i remember like cause it's kind of heavier and the screaming and everything. And I remember feeling really hardcore thinking I was bleeding everywhere and just like screaming. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is hardcore. But then as it kept on going, I kind of got like more concerned. I was like, I don't know. Maybe there's something seriously wrong. Uh, and luckily nothing was, you know, it was just a gash, but oh god, man. it was one of those moments where I was just like the whole time, like I don't even know if I was singing the right lyrics at some points because I was just so worried about what was happening you but, know like
2: but did you finish know, you finish the set you finished the set
3: yeah yeah we finished it well, um,
2: mission accomplished
3: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the that's the goal you don't you don't quit if you forget lyrics you just make them up that's what's great about when no one knows who you are like when you first start you just make up your lyrics like i was really good at that <laughs> i love like, it i love like, it like you know <laughs> like uh, i used to put a lot of lyrics and um i was going through like an incubus phase where <laughs> incubus and chili peppers and system of a down where there's tons of lyrics yeah and um just really quick papa roach stuff and um i remember one song i was like if you messed if i messed up one word i couldn't figure it out couldn't figure out where i was (laughs) so then the whole song was just me making up shit as i was going (laughs) and i remember that song used to always get requested and i was like no one knows what the fuck i'm saying because i've never said the same thing twice
2: I'm standing up, clapping right now. I, I, I you love know, it. Like, you're just starting, like that's when you know the music
3: is good. No one knows what you're saying, but everyone keeps on asking for it.
2: You're just scatting some Depeche Mode.
3: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> whatever.
2: I love it. I would uh, always
3: like take the easy rhy- rhymes, you know, like blue to you, and it just like end on those words. Doesn't matter what you're saying, just end on those words, and no one cares.
2: You can always break into "I Want to Be Sedated" by the Ramones. Those lyrics just flow right, right off your tongue, you know. Uh, you could probably do those lyrics to just about any rhythm you can come up with. Uh, yeah, yeah, and everyone, would,
3: everyone would sing along too because it's <laughs> such a great right? classic. Seriously,
2: uh, do you cover any songs live, and are there any that you'd like to?
3: Um, you know what? There is uh, a list. Since we've been recording so much, we have a studio at my house. Uh, we have been talking about doing covers, and we'll throw some out just to see if you guys if uh, they're good or not.
2: Let's see. Uh, okay.
3: Um, okay, so these are the, the songs that we've considered covering in the future. Okay. Um, Thrice, Stare at the Sun. All right. Um, Thursday, Understanding in a Car Crash. Ooh. Uh, the Menzingers, I Don't Want to Be an Asshole Anymore. <laughs> Bouncing Souls, Leaning on Sheena. Oh, yeah. Diesel Boy, Titty Twister. <laughs> um, Finch, the song Ink. Oh, and wow. Foo Fighters stacked actors.
2: Ooh, ooh. Those
3: are our possibilities in the next run of of uh, of recording and 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 practicing for shows.
2: Stacked actor. That is my favorite Foo's.
3: That's my favorite Foo Fighters song
2: too. Absolutely. There's something about that grind. I just that is just a great song.
3: Yeah, it oh, is. It gets it yeah. going every time I hear it. Every time, like it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. I just like oh, here it goes. Right, right. Yeah
2: hundred percent uh let's see here oh we are gonna go out with a song today folks and uh man we're gonna play the new one like i said uh destruction portrait
3: Destructions portrait instructors
2: i'll never i I always screw something up every show
3: it's fine Uh, it hasn't even been out yet we can
2: change the name right now if we want to okay yeah and you know what i'll make up the lyrics (laughs) there you go all right so all right as a musician who would you like to jam with is there somebody famous of all of them who would you like to jam with on stage?
3: There's uh, my I have two that I always uh, think of and um, recording writing and, and jamming with uh, definitely I would love to um, get experience with Dave Grohl. Okay. We just talked about Dave Grohl, yeah. Uh, Foo Fighters, but Dave Grohl would be a huge one, uh, mostly because I love that he does a raw edits yeah you know um and in armageddon pigments uh like self-made that is 100 percent untouched raw like that's um we we mess with the levels but how we sound is how we sound there's no auto tunes or corrections or you know like it's just that's it and i and we did that because i loved how the foo fighters do that Mm. um you know every song even the back like you know our, our song sometimes, like the backups, will have auto-tune on it or something, you know, like to make it sound prettier. Um, we don't really use it, but we use effects, you know, like reverb and chorus and stuff to kind of make it uh, easier on the ears sometimes. And that album, most of that album, we didn't do any of it just because I wanted, I, I want that rawness. And that's Dave Grohl all the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other guy, um, John Feldman okay. from goldfinger uh what he's done for music um as a performer as an artist um goldfinger was a huge uh you know launch for punk rock and and ska and you know a lot of the big bands that you love today i'll look up to him um that's a huge deal uh he really led the way in a a lot of ways and then you know he found some of the greatest bands in the world some of the biggest bands if you don't if you don't think they're the greatest they're definitely the biggest bands um, you know, like he helped discover the used, um, and mm-hmm. he produced, um, he produced some sh- loads of bands, like sleeping with sirens, the used, he produces, he produces blink Two now. And, yeah, uh, he has that new project that's doing all the, the new kids, like young blood or, or, or mod son or something. And, you know, like, I don't even know what's on his roster. Um, but I know mod son is on it. Um, and that's a, that's a huge, you know, he's a huge, uh, position in in today so like like three generations of music he's helped uh guide in this and it's it's hard for this kind of music to be on the mainstream Mm -hmm. and you know i know like travis barker has a lot to do with it but he's a huge he's a huge reason why it's even coming back around and why you're hearing the alt radio stations are now playing punk rock music and they're playing the old stuff too not just new stuff anymore you're right you're right um Uh, I have so much respect for that guy and I would love just to pick his brain and record with them. I would love for him to produce us because he's just what he does. Like you think about all the stuff you think like sleeping with sirens to the used, the style of music, those two are, and he's able to get the best out of both of them and make them sound their own sound. They gave them their own sound. You know, like I know he did like Hillary dust and he like, you just think about that. Like that's a real artist. And, um, so I would love that time with
2: him. Well, I'd like to see that happen, man. Um, I, listen, I want to thank you for your time tonight. Uh, we will have to do this again. And, uh, I can't wait to play more of your music. If I could fit them all in, I'd do it in one show. But, you know, we should space this out. Uh, no, going I appreciate
3: you. Thank you so much.
2: So we're going to go out with that new debuting song I, again. Uh, uh, July 23rd, by the time you guys hear this, it will be out. We're going to go out with it. Um, and uh, one last thing here. Um, what, Brody Knight, what are you looking forward to right now?
3: I am looking forward to, uh, there's a song uh, narcissistic lush just came out last. So we were doing a, a single every month, um, every month, a new single, a new video. Nice. August is getting two singles, two videos. Cause we have 13 songs on this album and it's all leading up to the, the album release, uh, which will be in December. And last month was narcissistic lush. And, and it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a more, uh, vulnerable side. Um, and it was kind of one of those songs where I wasn't sure, like, if I should ever release or, or like, will the message be clear? Will people misconstrue it? And, you know, how things get twisted and mm-hmm. am I going to be able to like justify if they twist it? Like how, you know, like I, I just felt very uneasy about releasing it. And um, it, the feedback has been great on it. And so it's really gave me a lot of confidence in the last song. The last song is Hey Kid. And it's, the December release, it'll, it'll come out with the album, and it's it's about uh, my the last words my dad ever said to me right before he died, and it I recorded I, I wrote that song before I ever recorded, like I mean it was it wasn't it was like in two thousand seven, so I've been sitting on this song for a long time, and I played it live at acoustic shows and, mm. and whatnot, and I've always gotten, um, people have always asked to, to hear it again, and requested it, the next show, and I just have never wanted to uh, release it, because it like, it's just, like, so heart-wrenching
2: it's for personal, me. personal, very personal, yeah.
3: And, uh, I just, I was like, I don't know if I want to cry every goddamn time I play this song. Right. And so, um, enough time has passed, and, and, and now I'm so glad we waited, because now Jesse is, is on it, and And we have uh, Morgan playing piano and um, it just became such a beautiful song. And so that one is our grand finale, I guess. And it's our slow song. It's a piano song. (laughs) It's like a weird song to end with. But Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see the feedback and and see if that's a song I feel like will help people. You know, like absolutely. There's some songs that I write that I'm really excited about to play live and some songs I'm like, man, this might actually help somebody, you know, like. Hopefully, I, I don't need to hear about it. I don't need people to tell me it helps them, but I feel like it will help somebody, and and that's enough for me to keep doing it. So, so I'm excited about that.
2: Hey, kid. Yeah, I'll be looking for that, and uh, I hope to see you do it live sometime. And I, you were talking about vulnerability. It goes back to that vulnerability. It might be the best thing that you ever did for someone else that just listens to it. You know?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, having a, a heart-to-heart with somebody you've never met before, but um, they don't need to feel vulnerable when they listen to music. Right. You know, like that's that beautiful thing about music. Uh, Someone can speak to you and give them their lessons and and educate you and help you through and change your mindset. And you never once have to feel embarrassed for telling them or feeling that you're just kind of talking yourself through what they're saying. And it and it's more personal to you. And you you're able to everyone has the answers they need. They just need help. Uh, getting their mind right, the yes. Yes, the mind, the the mental setting yeah. to be correct, so they can do it. And so um, that's, I think that's the reason why I'm in music. I mean, I, I probably would, if uh, music didn't help me and 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 you know uh, help me grow the way it did, I would have never. I probably wouldn't care about music. You know, I'd just be, I like the songs I like, and that's it. But um, it helped me so much that I feel like. I need to help other people. And so I will always continue to write those songs. Even if everyone hated them, I would still write them thinking that I could help.
2: Giving back, brother. That's awesome. It doesn't get better than that. You're right. That is music. That absolutely is music. Um, I want to say thank you to Mr. Brody Knight of Sprockets for being here tonight. And I also want to, I got a shout out right now for all our shows. If you want to listen you too, if you want to listen to any of our shows, go to www.fairlydarkproductions.com, Kettle Whistle Radio, all the episodes are there. There's horror novels there. There's, there's comic books. We want to keep this thing rolling with us. Um, enjoy the, our uh, sister station, Fashion and sock puppets with attitude. We gotta get you on that show, Brody. Um, that's on YouTube, yeah, Fashion Trash. Oh yeah, you're definitely. Oh, you're you're in the running for that. Uh, we'll get you in. Uh, if you love your horror movies, folks, like we do here when we're not talking music, you go to Queens of NC 17 and those girls bad dating advice and horror movies and they strip down those horror movies to a level that no one should but i love them and the pop-off with Martise, one of our other shows there, um, all pop culture stuff, man. She's That's my my partner, Martise. And uh, if you want to see me, I'm going to be at the Mothman Festival in September. You can meet me. I'll be, of course, you'd rather meet my partner there, Heather Taddy, our paranormal expert. And she has a new TV show coming out, but I can't talk about it yet. But Heather Taddy will be there with me at the Mothman, or I'll be there with her at the Mothman Festival at Point Pleasant. And I want to thank D-Factor for all the background music. And I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter, the Twitterverse, and Instagram. Kettle, whistle, radio. Holy shit! I can't believe this paragraph I have to read every time, Brody. This is where you should plug where we can find all your stuff.
3: Okay, uh, Sprocketsband.com is the go-to for everything. Um, it's a link to uh, all the you know the streaming devices, all our videos, our social media, our merch store. Um, and you know there's just so many different ways to listen to music so go there sprocketsband.com and then you can find whatever you want and uh, and uh, there's articles about us and, and information about us and, um, and that's the easiest yeah
2: perfect and uh, the, the
3: merch is funny everyone gives us a hard time for it but it's <laughs> it's a little bread you have to find the bread icon on the page Okay. And then that's how you find our merch if that's. If I'll that's be, I'll be going to
2: the bread. I'll, I got to get one for my co host, too. He's going to want one. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> it's it's fun. It's like a little, like, no one knows what the bread is. So everyone's always asking me, and I'm like, you got to find the bread. I don't
2: know. Like... Find the bread, folks. Find the fucking bread. All right. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we got to do it again. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe before December, before the release, or hey, maybe before that. I don't know. I enjoyed talking with you, my man.
3: Yeah, I enjoy talking to you. And, and uh, again, thank you so much. And um, if you ever need anything, let me know.
2: I appreciate it. All right. And thanks for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio, folks.
0: Empty house of faith Lost along the way Maybe I will change Records on the shelf Bottles, bottles Thank <laughs> you. subcultures, Subculture. music. music, horror, horror. Sex. sex, politics, politics. art, and overall, overall bad, bad ass. Ass. This, this is Society, is society 13. 13 Redefining, Redefining Podcasting. Redefining.